Welcome, Grit to Greatness listeners. As we record this, it's July 4th week. So uh, when you listen to this, whenever it might be, just think about that it's July 4th week. Um, it's a beautiful weekend. It's kind of hot, but uh, it's a great time of the year. I love this time of the year. I love July 4th. We've got a very special guest with us today. Very excited to have Nolan McHugh back with us. Um, he's a great friend. He's a husband, a father. He's a sales professional. He's a ex-baseball player who still lives through coaching others in baseball, loves baseball. We might talk about that at some point. A great friend. He also has our number one. That's right, Nolan. You have the number one most downloaded episode in Grit to Greatness history. Episode 43. You might want to look that up. Episode 43, Becoming the New You, is our number one episode ever. And then his wife, Jenny, great friend, her episode is also in the top 10, episode 45. Um, uh, drawing closer to the Lord. So you might want to look those up. So it's great to have you back, Nolan. Chuck, I appreciate it. Uh, before we get going, there's a, a lot of people that have sacrificed and, and, and done a lot of things that a lot of us aren't willing to do so that we can, you know, enjoy our time here in the greatest country uh, in, in the world. And so just thank you to all of the servicemen and women uh, and those especially that, you know, paid the ultimate sacrifice and uh, given their life and in, in defense of our country. So, but let's go top with top 10 for Jenny and I, number yeah, one, that's uh, right. you, know, you mentioned sales background, we're as competitive as they come. So that's, that's great to hear. I, I hope that uh, a lot of people listen, but I really, I really hope that a lot of people shared it um, because maybe there was someone in their life. So episode 43, check it out. Uh, really love, love being on Grit to Greatness. So thanks for having me back, buddy. Yeah. Great to have Nolan back. And so Nolan, since our last episode, has been through a period of dis of planning, thought, discussion, um, looking at a period of transition, and has actually made a transition. And so I just really believe, well, Nolan and I talked last week, this would be a great topic, because I truly believe that we obviously all go through transition, and that we battle with that. We battle with change, we battle with making some decisions, sometimes big decisions with our career and family. And he just recently went through that. And went through the whole process. And so I'd love for him to share that for those of us that uh, are going through it or will go through it to review back to this. He's going to talk to us a little bit about where he started, and then we'll kind of talk about the period of transition and where he is now. So, Nolan, if you will, kind of back up with us a little bit. Tell us kind of where you were a year from, a year ago, six months from now, and kind of what started this period of transition. Sure. So, yeah, in order to, to kind of set the stage for – um, really the mindset that I have and that, and I don't know that it's always been that mindset, but it, it, it certainly has developed, um, really since I started working with, with Kelsey at Aflac and, and with you. Uh, and so, you know, early on it was, uh, it was about the team, right. And so, uh, you know, doing things, uh, for the team, uh, so that the team could grow. And so I would say that a lot of, my transition has been a has been I don't I don't know that holistic is the right the right word but it has it has really been a process uh, you know from 15 years ago until uh, you know growing into being 40 years old here but ultimately uh, I've been with Aflac 15 16 years and the last six years uh, I was in the role of regional sales coordinator and uh, I absolutely loved it you know if you you know anything about Aflac Tennessee, it's about building people. It's about building legacies, uh, servant leadership. And, you know, there's there's really no greater position than that RSC role for that. And so uh, I loved what what I was doing. 
Um, but ultimately, I look back on what my overall goal was when I started. So the first thing that I would say is that, you know, transition can be a part of a journey. If you don't have a, a goal or you don't have a vision uh, casted in your mind, uh, it may be hard to make that decision. So I think that a big part of it was having goals. And, and ultimately, when I started, my goal was to do the the five years as an agent, five years DSC, five years RSC, five years MKD or, or state sales coordinator. And then ultimately, you know, with, with a great deal of success, uh, you know, be able to really choose where I wanted to be. And so uh, that didn't play out exactly as planned. For example, I was an agent for three years. Instead of five, I was a district for six years instead of five. And so, uh, you know, but as I, uh, as I came into this year, uh, my career as an RSC has been up and down. And I think, uh, you know, part of making a transition, a big part of it is self-awareness and being honest with yourself. Uh, you know, ha having boundaries, having those, maybe those fail-safes, those checkpoints, you know, the journey, the process. And so uh, it was been up and down. We've won equally as much as we uh, lost. Uh, and, and so coming into this year, uh, we're coming off of a year where it was, it was a challenge. And so, uh, you know, one of the, the big parts of this was Kelsey would always say things like, Hey man, are you happy? And that means a lot to me because there's a lot of leaders out there that actually don't really care if you're happy or not. They probably care more if you're getting the job done or not. And so, you know, him and I have been been partners for a long time. And so uh, he had said that. And he would always say it when I was kind of griping about something. You know, we can get a little a little unhappy, a little jaded by what's happened in the past. And and so finally I said, listen, man, um, when when I'm not having a good time, I promise to you, I will pick up the phone and call you. And so one of the parts of my process that I knew was that uh that was kind of my my rock bottom. That was my point in which I had said to myself, and if you go back to uh, episode 43, there was a rock bottom part of my sobriety story, which was, you know, the worst thing that could happen in my world was that I'd lose my wife or I'd lose my children, you know, and that whole thing. And in, in business, I think a lot of times rock bottom can be just unhappiness. and you know, to think of the people that have been marginalized and they're just used to being unhappy. And so they stay in this role for a, a plethora of reasons. Um, but for me, I had to say to myself, look, if there is a process, if there is a journey, you know, happiness is a big deal because Chuck, you know, as well as I do, uh, you know, you're, you're unhappy at work. It's, it's very difficult to live a balanced work-life balance, the home life. And so, you know, I knew that if I was unhappy, uh, at work that that was going to spill over to my my home life and, and and it's and it started to you know you come home you're frustrated you're short fused and so uh you know I knew that when that moment came that I needed to be a man of my word and pick up the phone and make that phone call and so uh you know this may be it may be trivial or not as uh, uh, a flam flamboyant or exciting as a story but I was at an appointment in Nashville and I opened up my calendar after the appointment 
and, and saw where I needed to be and what I was supposed to be doing. And I was not happy about it. It was not what I wanted to do. It was not what I wanted to do. And so I, I, I was on 24 driving from Nashville to Murfreesboro and I looked myself in the mirror and I said, are you really unhappy? And so I took a deep breath, prayed and realized that it was time. And so I go back to, um, I go back to the beginning of my career where it was, you know, all about the team. You know, I, I remember uh, a, a state convention and, and Kelsey was behind and he's like, Hey man, we need one payroll account. And I had absolutely nothing in my, in my pipeline, but I drove to Spring Hill, found a construction site, walked on the job site. And so it was always and closed the account. And it was always about the team. And so as I recognized that I was unhappy, my thoughts then went to what does my family need? Right. Where's my impact with them? Um, but I also took into account what was best for our organization as a whole, holistically. And I think that, you know, being in athletics, there's sacrifice that's made or there's decisions that's made. Um, and, and I started to look at it holistically and saw, you know, there were people around me that deserved a shot. Okay. They had, they had put in the time, um, and quite honestly, a big part of this. And for those of you that know me, I'm, I'm a, a confident individual. Um, in my younger and mature days, maybe a little bit arrogant. And, and a lot of those things can come across as ego. And there is no doubt at many points in my, my life, I, ego has gotten in the way of certain things. But I remember Jocko Wilnick and I remember extreme ownership. And so one of the laws of extreme ownership is you, you, you can't lead, you can't run organizations with ego because it clouds your judgment and your ability to make decisions and most importantly, take risk. So I'm sitting here, I look in the mirror, I'm unhappy. I think about my family, understanding that I've worked my tail off for 15 years, residual income, renewal income is important. Thank God for it. Um, and that I had put in the effort and put myself in a position to make a decision like this. And so you know, but all these thoughts come in, fear, doubt, anxiety, you know, the fear of the unknown can take your mind into a lot of crazy places. And there's right. only one thing that I believe that can settle that thought. And that's trust in the Lord and trust in his, his plan. Amen. And so as I looked at all of those things, I picked up the phone and made the call. Wow. That's and awesome. And, and, you know, the, I, I don't know that again, that this is the right word, but the liberation, the release of that was, was epic. Wow. That's awesome. Before you go too much further, I want to yeah. unravel. I've got lots of notes here and there's several things I want to make sure we unravel before we take the next step in that, that story. First of all, I love what you said earlier about, your ultimate goal, you know, you, you had at some point, you got to look what your ultimate goal is. And I think we need to look at, for example, me, when I was in college, um, Cracker Barrel restaurants was paying a lot of money. They paid $5 an hour for a cook. That was a lot of money back then because you old I am. And so I went and got a cook job and I was really good at it. I became just an amazing cook and, and uh, I ended up being there for a while. And then they called me to come to the corporate office in Lebanon, Tennessee, where no one lives. 
and do an interview. And so I went up there and interviewed and they wanted me to come and train all the managers that come to training how to cook. And they offered me 16,500. That was my salary, 16,500 a year. So I moved to Lebanon, Tennessee, which ended up being a great thing, obviously, where I met my wife and um, really grew my family. But I looked at it and many years later, I was like, wow, you know, this was not, Cracker Barrel was not what I thought my long-term goal was. And it's like God had to remind me that, hey, this was something I gave you for a period, but it's not the ultimate goal. And so he had to take me away kicking and screaming. And I think we need to pray about that, as you said, and say, hey, does God take us in a different place? So that's where he wants us to go. Or does sometimes we get sidetracked by where we're at? And we got to really pray about that. Is this something God's provided for me as a new path? Or did I get sidetracked away from the path he wanted? Because Proverbs 16, 9, I love this. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And I think that means, as you said, the bottom line is God has a plan for us. He has things he wants us to do. And we need to always be praying about that. And part of the way he does that, for example, with you, Nolan, is he makes us maybe unhappy. He's ready for a transition. And so one of the things he does to help that along is he makes you unhappy. You agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when you uh, when you think about success and they and, and there's a lot of the cliche terms, right? Success, where is it found? It's it's outside the comfort zone. And I think that if, if there's going to be ultimate growth and trust and faith, uh, we have to be able to recognize that being uncomfortable isn't it, it will in, in some some respects and sometimes in our life, it's exactly what we need. That's right. Uh, and trusting that there is a different, uh, there is a different avenue. There's not just that, you know, we, we, we're, we're narrow-minded human beings, path of least resistance. And so we can get in these, these moods, these times in our life where, you know, it's just status quo and we're going to keep on keeping on. I'm just going to keep on working hard. And, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went, I worked out at Orange Theory for a while there in Brentwood and my favorite trainer would come in and we'd do a little warm up. And then the, he would always say, I love this. He would say, all right, people, it's time to get uncomfortable. And, you know, the meaning was, like you said, the bottom line is we make change when we're uncomfortable. That's when change happens. And if you're working out and you're not uncomfortable, you're really not making a change. You've got to be uncomfortable. And so I think that's so true in our lives. There's a period of time. And I love what you said here. Grit to greatness in our in our subtitle, we talk about this is the journey of life. And I love what you said here. You said transition is part of the journey. We're not having transition. Now, I know some people, their journey with God is to be at the same place. I understand that. And I'm not saying that. But for me personally, when I meet people and they say, well, I've lived in the same house for 50 years and I've had the same job for 50 years, you know, and again, I'm not saying that wasn't God's plan, but for me, I almost get kind of heebie-jeebies for you country folks when I hear that. Because to me, I want transition. I want some change. And I think there's times when we just got to, we've got to get out of that comfort zone and move on. Well, and, and, and here's one thing I, I do want people to hear is that it is worth it, right? The uncomfortableness and change is, uh, it will work out. Even if that step doesn't work out, I think that there is excuse me, a lot of people that are afraid of that change. 
maybe because it didn't work out previously. That's right. That's not accurate for everybody, that's, right? Like that's, that's right. not always how it's going to work out. That's right. And uh, I love what you said too about um, another great quote I put down that I'm going to put on the notes for those of you that uh, follow us on uh, Facebook and stuff, our notes. Also, I'm going to hit pause button here and do a little commercial. Um, go to thecapequation.com. I'm working with Joe Bazzello. He wrote the book, The Cap Equation. It's a tremendous book on leadership and sales particularly. And we have a master class where you can join us and we do a monthly webinar and then you get one-on-one -on -one coaching for me. I truly believe if you listen to this, that everybody needs a coach in certain areas of their life to truly grow. And so I'm actually doing one-on-one -on -one coaching in sales now. And so if you're interested in that at all, be sure and uh, contact me in, in one of the many ways that uh, you can. But Nolan, you talked about self-awareness is also being honest with yourself. I love that. That was great. You've got to be honest with yourself on where you are. Are you happy? Um, because to me, I was thinking too, that if, if you're not happy, you're probably not doing a great job. And if you're, and if you respect, particularly if you're a leader and you have a team, then you're hindering your team because you're not doing a great job. And maybe it's time to move on. Like you said, you can have that ego and say, well, somebody else is going to take it over. Talk about that. I'm sure that was a part of your thought process. It was, it was a big part of it because you want to win. And, and what I started to look at, one of the positives in my life that came from the uh, came from the pandemic was recognizing that my value isn't in a number. It's not in a quota. It's not in uh, it's not in hitting uh, targets every single time. And the reason I learned that during the pandemic is the numbers went away. And so, you know, what's our value? What's our impact? And, and as you know, I was running the impact region. And so as I was looking at this, I started to look and say, okay, I can still accomplish impact, right? And and I can still uh I can still do a lot of the things that I enjoyed doing in the role I was in in a different role. Uh and for me, I think that you know, you talk about God and you talk about a plan, uh uh, one of the things that that made my decision a little bit easier is that there was another opportunity in our marketplace in the state of Tennessee. And I prayed about where where am I needed most? And as I looked at the people around me that were qualified and that earned opportunity and that deserved a chance at leading an organization, I felt confident in in going into a different direction and taking care of hopefully a whole group of people, a larger group of people, knowing that there was someone behind me to step in and, and it's uh, I'm very thankful that that opportunity was there. And because I don't, you know, again, process journey, I'm not exactly sure if, if I would have been at the position where, I, you know, cause that's the ultimate unknown is stopping what you're doing and not knowing where to go. But I will say this, that I think if you position yourself properly, a period of time and reflection is important and, and and with a lot of our personalities necessary. And, and so I was actually, I didn't realize it, but I had actually been doing that for a couple of weeks. Right. And, and so when I got to my decision, I, I, I told myself this and I think, you know, regret is something that we all fear and uh, regret oftentimes follows term or statements like I wish I would have. And, and ultimately, it's all about taking action. 
I wish I would have called somebody. I wish I would have read that book. I wish I would have done this. And so when I looked at my process, there was one thing that I knew had to be thought out and and accepted before I was going to move on. And that was that I wasn't going to look back when someone else comes in and leads that team and does a great job. I wasn't going to look back and ever really view what I had done based on what they were accomplishing. And that's a big piece of it because, and, and to Kelsey's credit, you know, when I, when I decided to make the change, he said, well, listen, he said, here's what I'm going to tell you. you. You can't do this. You can't make the move and then look back and woulda, coulda, shoulda. And what, you know, him and I are oftentimes on the same wavelength. Right. And, and it was interesting that he said that because I had already taken that as a part of my process. It was that, okay, I'm willing to move on um, and not really look back and, and, and think about what could have been, but that it was my responsibility to put all of my focus in the transition and in the new position. And I will tell you this much. Uh, we had a lot of great times uh, as I had a lot of great times with, with teams as an RSC, but some of my early uh, interactions with some of the RSCs and other people in the field. Uh, it has been uh, probably one of the greatest decisions I've ever made. Um, definitely the scariest. Um, if I would have been younger and not put faith and trust in, in God and prayed about it in my own way, which generally is driving down the road with nothing on the radio, and you realize you just drove from Lebanon to Murfreesboro and you didn't talk on the phone. You just kind of sat there and thought and in prayer. And so uh, I, I probably wouldn't have done that, you know, if I was still boozing because I really wasn't involved in that. That's not where my mind went. But being surrounded by people like you uh, being great examples, it's it, it was a, a part of it and, and really a, a driving force and one that I'm thankful for, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, a couple of thoughts. First of all, you know, the timing, God's timing is perfect you know, the time that you're driving down the interstate and you kind of make that ultimate decision, hey, wait, you know, in this position that you love or are going to be tremendous at, had you waited a month or two months longer, that position could have been filled. And then later you could have said, well, I'm ready for a move. And it, the move would not have been to this position. It had to have been to something else that maybe you wouldn't have been happy with. And so I believe you got to look at God's timing. You got to be in constant prayer about it and just trust his timing. You know, when you, for example, if you look at me, be honest, I'm the opposite. You know, you could look at me and say, you got to be careful with Chuck because I'm the one that I'm the first one to have change. I'm, I'm crazy. You know, I'll change first. I'm, I'm all, Ruthie knows I'm all about variety. And so, you know me long enough to know I've moved, I've changed positions many yeah. times. And so with me, I've got to be careful on the other side that I say, whoa, 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 wait, God, is this what you want for me? I'm ready to go. You know, God's going to pull me in. And so it can work either way. You can be too fast to make a move before God's ready, or you can be waiting too long and not be ready to go when he calls you. And so I think that was perfect with you to look at the timing it was. Well, and, and let me say this, I, you know, and, and it's going to be hard not to get emotional about it, but I think that one of the, my, one of the things I'm most thankful for and, and grateful for is, is Jenny, because her unwavering support oftentimes telling me that I was, you know, lifting me up when I knew deep down I had made a mistake or, but that unwavering support and knowing that she was going to be the rock and be by my side the entire time, no matter what. Uh, and she would do whatever needed to be done as a team player uh, in a transition. But I'm just so thankful 
you know, just another another way where you can look back and say, man, God really knew what he was doing when he he, he crossed our paths. Whether uh-huh. it's my sobriety story that was really driven by her, driven by her prayer and driven by, you know, her faith. And then, you know, this transition where I it never crossed my mind that I had to go home and worry about what her reaction was to my decision. Because, you know, looking back, I recognize I actually didn't really discuss it with her at all. Because I knew I had that feeling picked up. I told Kelsey I'd call him. And then I immediately called Jenny. Uh, but but yeah, having having the support is key. Um, and, yeah. and knowing that uh, they're there for you in the thick and thin. Because transition can bring uncertainty and it can bring challenge and in, in early failure uh, and early questions. And so to have that support system, I'm just very thankful. Uh, you know, this is awesome. You and I didn't really get to spend a lot of time preparing for this. And it's almost like we got together, spent hours together and put together an outline on how to handle transition. This has been tremendous. I mean, it's great. Transition's part of the journey. What is your ultimate goal? You got to be self-aware and be honest with yourself. Your value is not in your numbers. I love that. You know, at my funeral, I don't want them showing my numbers for Aflac over the years, my quota and how I did. I want, I pray that people will be showing up and talking about how I impacted their lives. That's what I want. Not my numbers up on the screen. Uh, regret. You got to look at, will you regret? Either way. Um, and then I love this unwavering support from a spouse, good friend, family member, mentor. You got to have that. You know, and I, I agree with you. I've had, Ruthie has been, you know, with me through all my changes and followed me around the country. And you've got to have that. And our pastor yesterday, the service was about relationships and talking about how particularly men, but how impactful loneliness is and not having close friends. It's worse than smoking like 16 cigarettes a day. It's horrible. And that 80% of men don't have a, a group of close friends they can rely on. And so I think it's vital that we have that unwavering support, have somebody we can go to. You know, and for you, you had that in Kelsey and you had that in Jenny. And so you had that great one, two punch there. Well, and, you know, you look you look at people that, you know, lead and that are involved uh, in faith and followers and believers. You know, I've got I'm sitting here at the home office and I look out my window, I'm looking at Matt Williamson's house. And, you know, being being around folks like that uh, are, are a big part of it. Um, you know, when I look at uh, I look at God's plan and you know, how I interpret that for my life and the positions that I've been put in, you know, there's a number in AFLAC and a number in, in, in leadership that I think uh, is, is most important. And it's not about you reaching your goal. It's about how many people did you reach to get their goal? And so in my transition, I was looking for opportunity. I was saying, okay, does this role have an opportunity for me to help other people get to where they want, knowing that, you know, as a team that, and ultimately as an individual that I would win in the same sense. So, uh, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, yeah, it sounds like we, we, we planned this all out, right? Yeah, really. Uh, It's been great. (laughs) All right. So I think I know what you're going to say, but as we finish this up and you look back, you know, now you're kind of on the mountaintop looking down at the past and you can look at the past and you can look through the process, that transition you went through where you were two years ago in a year then this transition, the decision you made, and you look at where you are now, 
how comfortable are you? How excited are you about the, the decision that was made and the journey that you're on now? Uh, extremely. And, and I would say that, you know, one of the things that I was looking forward to is see, you know, I stepped into a role where um, that segment of the business, Chuck, was not one that I excelled in prior to taking the role. New skills. New skills. And so new challenges, right? Like we, we see these, you know, we're cold plunging and, and every morning and it, and it's cold water. And it's like, you, you, you get in there in the first little bit, uh, it stinks and it's tough and, and, and you got to embrace the suck, you know, that it just hurts. Um, but knowing that at nine o'clock that morning, you're going to feel like you drank a bunch of coffee and have no, you know, no adrenaline dump. No, no. And so, you know, for me, I looked at it and I thought, Hey, there's going to be some challenges. And so I'm, I look back on it and, and I'm extremely, again, thankful and grateful that, uh, it, it all came together at the right time. But when, when I looked at the opportunity and the, the leadership that I was going to be under, um, shout out Andrew story. Uh, you know, it's been, it's been a great several months with him and his team and John Radke. And, and so, you know, I, I looked at it and I thought, all right, what are, what are the components of a, of a, a transition? You know, what do I have to commit to and, and what am I looking for in that? And it just all seemed to, to stack up. So looking back on it, you know, it's, it's been a challenge, but one that has uh, kind of opened me up a little bit, right? Like you, you do the same thing for an extended period of time and you get in this rhythm and this groove in life and you can almost feel like that's just the way it's supposed to be. And, and you know, the, the, the transition has been great. I love that. A quick analogy to that is I worked at Cracker Barrel home office there in Lebanon. They had people come upstairs to do free eyesight checks. And uh, I wouldn't go up there, but they had food and stuff and everybody was wandering up there and it became kind of like a party. And so they were like, hey, come on up. So I went up there and uh, they, just, you know, they threw me in a chair. I looked at it and they literally looked at me, Nolan, and they said, Chuck, you're half blind. And I was like, what? And they said, you, you, you're half blind. You need work done real bad. You not realize that. And I had just dealt with it playing basketball and stuff like I'd see two rims and I would have to pick one. And I just, that's just what I got used to. And wow. they, they told me how bad my eyesight was and I wasn't aware of it. And I ended up going and having PRK and get my eyes fixed and, you know, just a whole different journey from that and seeing, and I had been so, and I got so used to where I was, I didn't realize what was possible. What a great analogy. You like that? Isn't that great? Yeah. Um, Blind yeah, that's right. And so I love this episode. This is another episode. It's probably going to be number two all time. I sure hope so. Yeah, um, this is going to be great because I really believe that there are people out there that right now are just in a period of unhappiness and they just kind of are used to it. They're not making any prayers or asking God to show them if it's time for a change. I'm not believing in God's timing. And I think this has been a tremendous episode to share with you that God has a plan. And that the periods of transition are a part of the journey. And be honest, it's kind of like the ice water, too. I think that's a perfect analogy, the ice plunge, and that when you're in it, you're like, oh, my goodness. But then when you're out, you're like, wow, that was awesome. I want to do that again. Same thing with these transitions. You know, when, when you're in the middle of it, you're like, oh, so much work, so much trouble. But then when you're out of it, you're like, man, that was so worth it. Yeah, I would I, I would just leave you with this, Chuck. I think that 
you know, being involved in, in listening to messages on Sundays and, uh, you know, praying for clarity uh, is, is, is a big thing. Um, you know, you talk about the clarity and self-awareness and, and, and releasing the ego and letting go of that. But I think if you're, you know, you're wondering what to pray for, I think that a, a good starting point is just the clarity to make good decisions. Um, the comfort in knowing that there there is somebody walking alongside of you, you know, a great analogy uh, that that we learned in a, in a marriage class was, you know, the, the old school tandem bicycle. You could use another analogy as a car, but, you know, ultimately, what seat are you on and what seat is your savior on? Right. And so a lot of times we think that. You know, they're behind us and we're in the front seat and they're really driving it. But if you really looked inward, you'd say, well, no, I'm doing it my way. And and he's a part of it. They're part of it, but they're on the front seat. And so when we saw that, it really it really smacked Jenny and I right in the face. But it's such a great analogy where, you know, you know, pray for the clarity, put put the trust and the faith in, in, in his hands and 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 move on. I love that. In the 80s, back way a long time ago, the bumper stickers, you don't see bumper stickers much anymore. There's a big bump sticker that came popular. It said, God is my co-pilot. And then one came out later. It said, no, God is the pilot. I'm the co-pilot, you know? And so I, I love that. That's awesome, man. This has been tremendous. You just added another great nugget. You got to have clarity to make good decisions. That's awesome, man. I love this. So thank you so much, Nolan. We obviously will have him back again and to share some more stories. I'm excited to hear about his journey and what God's going to do because of the, his, his uh, willingness to follow God and see where we will take it. So I appreciate you being on again, Melvin. Thanks, Chuck. Love you, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, hope you have a great July 4th and weekend whenever you listen to this. As always, Psalm 1914 says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Until next time, grit to greatness listeners.